Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sunrise, you can start over again. A new day, you can make it better than yesterday. A new day, it's a new day, new day, new day. There's a way you can turn it around. Trust me, there's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up. When the sunrise, new day, you got another chance. If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. So, since this is episode 227, y'all know I can't not sing the theme song. (laughs) Times are changing every day. We won't get by with those same old ways. No, no, no. Pull it together. We'll make it right. With help from my friends, I know we'll get by. Because there's no place like home. Come on. With your family around you, you're never alone. When you know that you're loved, you don't need to roam. Cause there ain't no place like y'all. Better believe it. Ain't no place like. Better believe it. Cause it ain't no place like. There's no place like home. Doom, 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 doom. I mean, no place, child. Woo! <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's hey, hey, up, hey. I'm tired, boots. <laughs> Why are you tired? Listen, I'm, I'm, I, I look like this because I just started from working out. I went to the park that Diamond you told, um, told me and um, Z about, and we've been exercising there forever. And I needed to exercise because it's my first time exercising after surgery. Ah, your body wow. said. A bitch, what we doing? What's this? Um. <laughs> yes. My body said, my lungs said, um, bitch, no ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my God, am I getting older? Like, what's going on? Like, why can't I breathe right now? And so I'm walking with my hands on my head, trying to figure out, every, out everything, but I, I, I enjoy wow. myself. I try to um get home enough time to get ready, but honey, you have me you have me in my workout, my workout uniform, honey. Yeah, so you had this is your first time after surgery. So this is the first time that your body felt like, okay, it's back mm. to normal. I can hit the streets and kind of work out and do my little normal thing. Mm-hmm. And so um and so it wore you out. <laughs> and you when said, I was was Z with you? Z was with me. The motherfucker left me. But he, <laughs> but he, 
one point, but he was like, Mia, your little jog isn't like a run for me. It's like a little one, two. I need to really get my due deals. And he took off. So like, at first I was like, okay, nigga, I'm just going to go on my own pace. And then I was like, Kali, he, he's really gone. He really left me out. Really uh-huh. So I took off. And I, by the time I got to like the um the street where we parked, woo, I was tired. I didn't care if I was untugged. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't. I didn't care. But I, I really enjoyed it. I think working out is so good for. Do you usually do you usually be doing like at, on the same pace as him? Y'all run at the same pace most of the times. Yes. Okay. Because uh, okay. like uh, in the beginning of our relationship, that's how we started. Um, like uh, courting, like exercising too, like bringing oh, to it. <laughs> See, I, but because I've always loved to run, so that's actually I, one of my best dates. I think we talked about it before. One of my yeah. best dates that I've ever experienced. What how I found out about that part was because somebody took me on a like an exercise date, and I had never been on one, and I was like. Oh, this is kind of, at first, you know, because I'm a fat bitch. I was like, this is late. Why do I want to do this? <laughs> what kind of day is this? I want to go eat, bitch. <laughs> Wait, so you you went running? No, nothing. Uh, you went walking. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we went walking. Okay. You know, not just strolling. We actually went like what we like had hiking, pacemaker, not oh. pacemaker, not pacemaker. Um, <laughs> 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 Lord have mercy, not a pacemaker. Oh, yeah, I know some of the pedometer. Yeah, pedometer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a pedometer <laughs> and checking a um uh, and checking our steps and counting our steps or whatever. But it was it wasn't like we're strolling. It was literally like fast, not super fast, but you got what I'm saying intentionally walking to bust a sweat. And but mm. we were talking and just having great conversations, so it didn't seem like we were exercising. Next thing I know, honey, we How done went it? three and a half miles, and I was like, "Woo! I ain't never walked this far." <laughs> <laughs> and and that's going one way. We had to go back. Yes, so I was like, "Oh shit, this was a little, this was a little something." But I enjoyed it. It didn't feel like too much work. I do feel like I was worked out because I went home and went right, took my ass right to sleep. But yeah, it was, <laughs> a, um, it was a good little date. One of my favorite dates of my life. So I can see how y'all can bond during those mm. moments. That's cute. Yeah, it's and then I'm competitive, so I'd be wanting to like look, let me see what you got. Like, what you <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was good. I enjoyed myself. I released some endorphins, and then I seen another trans woman um there, which really made That's me feel sad. good. Cause like in our community, I've and from my perspective, I rarely hear us talk about exercising and like incorporating into like um our transition and stuff. And so, honey, because we think that's just gonna give absolutely. us muscles and tone. <laughs> honey, don't nobody want to look like no strong ass man working out. <laughs> I know that's how I thought about it when I was. That's young. how I thought about it. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, looking all tone and strong. We are. Yeah. We're combating that. Yeah, we want to be slim and trim and cute, but we right. don't want to be the lean. And we got something literally in our body. That will creep up and say, honey, we want to, we want you to build a little <laughs> bit more muscle than the average woman. Right. And, honey, <laughs> and so 
you know, it's always that wary of, ooh, am I doing something that's counter to my look? <laughs> no shade. I see. I because see. it's easy, like, in, in the shade is, with our anatomy, it's not hard to put on muscle. Like Not at all. Especially if you're continuously doing it, it's like, oh, boom, I'm there. And you're just like, oh, bitch, how'd you hear? Because of it. And no we're shade. not the only ones that worry about that because when I talk to like fitness coaches, male or female, they say the main one of the main things that their female clients ask them before they get started is, I don't want to be looking all bulky and yep. muscly. I want to yep. look, I want to, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to, I still want to be womanly hey. and looking like that. I don't want to be all cut and lean, da, 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 da. And they have to explain to them that you don't, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get lean. You can't get lean like a man because of the amount of estrogen in your body. In order mm. for you to get those women that you see that got all them strong ass, da, 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 they're taking something. <laughs> if they okay. looking like the wrestler China, rest in peace, they looking like her, oh, they're taking to... something to um to get to that level. You are because of your your testosterone, because of your estrogen in your body, it will you it prevents you from building muscle in that kind of way. You have to be going too hard. And they be like, you know, we're not gonna be in that in we're not gonna be take you to that level. So I cisgender women okay. have those kind of concerns too, but it's especially because our look is connected to our gender dysphoria connected to our um you know our blendability we definitely worry about looking all muscly so i totally get it no shade but for the trans men it seems like it's the opposite like they, they live of course they want to look they want to get that and it's easier i'm just like damn like if all I had to do was work out and I had to pay for nothing to look sickening, bitch. But you got to be consistent, though. That's the hard part. Amen. Is the, cons is the consistency. Yeah. Because once you're not consistent, you know, it's like, hey, I mean, I still, you know, diamond hits, they're going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're not going nowhere. Booty shrunk, still there, though. You know, like still big booty kind of thing, knocking stuff over kind of situation. But work. But when you're consistent, <laughs> But when you could like, you know, if I'm uh, anyway, to your point, I, I've, I've noticed, it, you know, once I get into a rhythm, then yeah, it, yeah, weight loss and muscle toning and all that kind of stuff starts coming real quick. But that's around say, I got mm -hmm. you, bro. Once you talk, <laughs> but the, nobody tells you though, you got to keep the it, it don't start really till you keep the engine on. Not when you turn it on. So it's like, oh, I worked out. No, you got to be <laughs> put a couple weeks in and then, but you start seeing changes. You're right. Facts yeah. really? and, it, and it's beautiful. Like it's like even just not even if you want to work out for changes. Like like as you get older, your your body starts to lock up. It starts yep. to pop and shit. Your bones start to pop. Your body mm. starts hurting in different places. And you have to have to figure out something how to move or something unless you just gonna go down and down. And when I say down and down, I'm talking about like your body just decrease. Like it starts to get more immobile and yep. you start not be able to do more things, which makes life not as um, happy or exciting mm. anymore. So, and that's also another reason why I think working out is very important just to keep, um, I don't want to, I don't want to sound ages. I don't want to sound keep your youth, but just to keep you well, moving. You don't want to sound ableist either. Everybody don't have mm -hmm. access to. Yeah. You know, I, well, you, know you can work out in any way you, you can, like, even if you're not. Well, wait a minute. I can't speak for everybody. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to speak for myself. I just I just think that um, as you age, it's, it's good to take care of your body. 
Yeah. So that when you Absolutely. get older, you're still moving around and stuff. And also, I think I think we I think we need to put I don't want I want to say more or less, but I think it's easier. I don't know if it's easier. I don't know. For me, it's easier to have a focus on nutrition other mm-hmm. than the because then I can I can I, I I'm good at choosing healthy foods. I'm not good at being consistent in working out. I'm good at going to the restaurant and making sure I choose things that are good for me to eat. I can, mm-hmm. I can, cause I, I find vegetables. I find, I find so many variations of food, absolutely delicious. I don't really like sweets, but I, I can eat something savory and something um, healthy and find it just as delicious as honey, a piece of cheesecake. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm somebody who I can make, I can make much, much, it's easier for me to make better decisions when it comes to nutrition that I actually put in my body as opposed to making better decisions on actually working out. Because I could be sitting here right on the couch or watching Netflix and see those little weights over there in the corner and be like, but I can also go in here and grill me some chicken instead of frying it. I can, I can, mm-hmm. you come saying I can make better choices when it comes to my nutrition. I, I am not the girl who is consistent with working out. I literally need somebody like a person to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, usually my most success with working out is when I have somebody that's doing it with me. Be like, come on, girl, da 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 da. Because mm-hmm. then I feel the guilt of. Oh, they're they're depending on me, but but if it's just me, baby, I don't have the willpower. I don't have, you know, I just don't do it. And so, um, but the the nutrition part is way way more um, consistent. I'm able to control that more consistently, and still be healthy, and still be healthy. Tell us what y'all think about this. Like, what do y'all think about? Um, what is your exercise regimen? What is what is the way to keep your body? Um, in motion and, and active, because we know that is um, important to be active um, in the whatever way that you can, um, whatever ability that you have. Tell us what is your special trick, special, um, you know, whatever you do to keep you consistent, to keep your willpower up, to be consistent in eating right and um, exercising. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Speaking of 
working out and uh, eating healthy as a trans person, I wanted to talk about um, some of the things that I remember looking at when I first started my transition, uh, looking at the different things that will help you as you transition um, as far as like eating and um, I want to cover some of the things um, that may help. You know, you know the masculine is the masculine. Excuse me, the masculine is the masculinizing hormone. Boom, boom. The masculinizing hormone and the feminizing hormone play different parts in a trans person's transition. We know when a male to female or somebody who who is transitioning um, that is AMAB they gain more body weight, um, in different areas of their body. And, um, um, and it kind of happens the same way with trans men, more so with muscle mass and, um, fat distribution with both. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to uh, talk about some of the, um, foods that is good, uh, with transitionings that may help. Um, some of you may not know, some of you may know, but I just thought this would be good. Some good tips out there. So one of the first things is high fiber foods. So when you think about high fiber foods, um, we're thinking about like beans, um, black pinto, lima beans, vegetables, artichoke, broccoli, um, cauliflower, fruits, um, such as apples, bananas, pears, berries, prunes, whole grains. Oatmeal, brown rice, wild rice, whole 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 grain bread, and breakfast cereals. Those are some good like cheap foods that you could get. That's not super expensive because mm. usually mm. when you think about um, eating healthy, you think that oh my gosh, I gotta buy all this all this expensive stuff, right. and I gotta buy a meal plan and make you know it's it, it doesn't have to be that. Mm. It doesn't have to be super expensive. So those are some of the things. Um, Foods and um, foods in hot, excuse me, foods high in health, um, healthy fats. So some of those are like fish, um, nuts, seeds, eggs, avocado, oils like um, olive, olive oil and canola oil. <clears throat> those are some good healthy ways um, that you can eat while transitioning. Lean protein foods such as um, skinless poultry, seafood. Nuts and seeds, eggs, soy products like tofu, and beans, peas, and lentils. So those are some of the foods that you can eat while transitioning that will help. That's not something that's super, super fatty and stuff. So I want to um, give guys those options. Some some people that want to transition, there are transi- transitioning now, some options to help tra- um, help during their transition. Now, I also want to, um, um, from experience, tell people that um, like a daily routine um, workout, it it doesn't have to be something that's super, super hard. It could be like yoga and it could be in your home. I do a yoga. um, I have a yoga instructor that I do um, every, probably every Tuesday. And we work out for about probably 30 minutes to an hour. And we're just doing yoga poses and things in my living room. So you don't have to go out to a gym if you feel like, if, if you feel ashamed about your transition or you feel awkward. Because I know mm-hmm. some, 
sometimes during your transition, you could get into those phases where you're like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to work on myself. So that that's a way that you can um, still be progressive and still be in your safe zone. So hiring someone to like help you work out at home, which there are plenty of people that do that. That's a good option also. Um, also, also, there are different people, especially like yoga, that like on YouTube that you can find for free. Mm-hmm. That just mm-hmm. the, especially mm-hmm. the beginning stages. There's tons of video. You just search yoga for beginners. There's tons of videos just to get you started. Don't think that you're gonna be, you know, doing those hard advanced yoga stuff. But that that beginning stages just to get you consistent. Because we just talked about working on consistency. Just to get you consistent, consistent in your house. If some, if a person comes into your house or you talking to somebody is just intimidating because we know the gym and talking to people about body stuff can be intimidating. You actually can find a lot of the beginner stuff online. It's not until you get into the advanced stuff that, Mm. you know, you can have to start kind of shelling out coins maybe, but, um, um, but you definitely can find a lot of beginner stuff in the beginning. Specifically the reason why I prefer the trainer one, he went to school for it Two, He was my um, best friend's boyfriend. So he was okay with me being trans. He was trans friendly. That was a big thing for me. Um, being comfortable with somebody and doing different poses and stuff where, you know, um, you're kind of vulnerable with your body. I didn't want someone looking at me in a weird way. So that was something that I took in consideration. So I think you, if, um, if you want to make sure that somebody is trans friendly, um, if you don't care about them being trans friendly, definitely make sure that they know what they're doing. And then also, um, I felt that it it was cheaper to pay um, by session and not by month. So, like, I would um, do a $20 per session because I, I could remember the routines on my own sometimes. But if I feel like I needed an advancement, then I would go on and I would, I would pay for another session instead of paying $200 and you may not need it. So that those yeah. are my tips for the day. Healthy tips. So I wanted to add to this conversation too. Um, I want to talk about some, um, talk about the subject, but also kind of point out some broad topics of current food and nutrition research that mm-hmm. is about transgender people. With um, that's kind of I want to kind of summarize when I look when Mia was talking about this subject. Um, I went into my little catalog of shit that I have wormholes that I have been down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've been down a nutrition wormhole just looking at, you know, you know, finding out that soy kind of can give you reduce your testosterone. Soy can um hype up your estrogen. Uh just to find a little stuff like that. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about just kind of generalize some of the things that I personally found in my research of, you know, connecting trends and um, nutrition and some of the just the common broad themes that I've learned over my research in that. So I'm going to talk about those. So let's talk about food and nutrition security. Um, transgender teenagers have a high consumption of highly processed food like that. There, There is research that shows that when you are trans teen, because, you know, we talk about trans kids a lot nowadays with all this legislation, foolishness happening. But when usually when you are a trans teen, it shows that um, um, the consumption of highly processed food is quite high. Um, if you are a trans teenager and adult, they suffer from high prevalence of food insecurity, like because of the 
systematic stuff that we go through. There's a lot of research around how we're not getting, we don't have access to food in kind of in a certain kind of way that a normal cisgender person does because of the oppression that we might um, experience throughout, um, you know, adulthood and child in in teenage or wherever you are in your transition. Um, transgender people have a difficulty in accessing food and food programs. So because of our gender identity and the oppression that revolves around who we are, remember, remember, I, I tell y'all the story all the time about how I couldn't get access to the shelter when I was homeless. The cisgender shelters, male or female, and the LGBT shelters, it is these type of things happen in food programmings too. If the food program is ran by a church, that can cause a problem if I come in this church as a trans person and I don't have access to what a normal cisgender person would when they have food insecurities. I don't have access. I can't go to this church and go to the pantry and get some kind of good food that they might have for me because they are turning me away or they're too busy worried about what clothes that I have on or how I'm presenting that is not respectable in the way that they think that it should. Um, or the person who is running the program, the person who is at the door, who is at the desk to sign me in. This is a women's program. Your ID says F. I mean, your ID says M. This is a men's program. Your ID says F. All these kind of things can lead, lead itself to us be being pushed away from some of these food programs. Um, let's talk about body image and weight control. Um, transgender people have a more... Um, have a, a a bigger propensity. This is quite obvious <laughs> to have body dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction, and eating disorders, and it varies based on um, what stages of their sex change. It just varies. Oh wow! Um, and so that's kind of to me because we deal with body shit with gender dysphoria and that kind of incongruency when it comes to our bodies and the disconnection that we sometimes have it is not <laughs> surprising to me that we have high rates of you know <laughs> security and, um, yeah. and eating disorders and shit um mm -hmm. eating disorders and dietary restriction and weight manipulation strategies for affirming gender are frequent and are related to discriminatory um, issues. So it is that is also not surprising. Us being on Atkins, being on keto, being on the in these on these unhealthy diets and uh, doing unhealthy things to get um, um, to get the body that we want, and sometimes. Is taking it away. I, when I think of trans men, because they can be, um, they have a, a different um, level of fat distribution. They can be hippie. They can be busty because be before hormones, honey, starving themselves to get their hips down can be something unhealthy that they can do. Us, because we're trying to, as, as trans women, we're trying to add on and be a little bit more curvy. We might do something that may not have to do with food, but we might, or we could be eating, just eating and not caring about what we put in our bodies, but we might do something like go get some silicone, some unhealthy things that are um, can be a high risk. And, and you know, also BBLs, BBLs have the highest mortality rate, even though it's safer than silicone. It does have one of the highest more um, mortality rate in uh, out of all the surgeries. Um, that's why you should do your research. That's why you should do your research. And um, and but even understand that even if you do your research, 
a doctor can't control everything that happens. It something can go wrong. Right. Um, and so this is not surprising to me that we that it, it comes up in our life and in the research that we are more susceptible to these type of um behaviors. Um I mean that's with silicone too. Like even though yes. like even if you go to like a doctor where the girls are good, yeah, your body is different than everybody else. So Facts. yours could yours could shift, move. Facts. Yeah. Gender reassignment support networks and security are strategies for relieving symptoms of eating disorders. Facts. Um, let's talk about nutritional status. After a year of treatment, there are changes in the body fat and muscle masses. So what you need for your nutrition might change based on your hormones. <laughs> At what, what kind of vitamin D you need? What kind of, there's so many things yeah. that can happen when it comes to your body and how it processes food, how it, um, you know, what you, you, what you could, what you were eating before might not be enough for what you, what you need now in your activity level and in, in what your hormones is doing in your body, how it affects your nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So you have to be conscious of that. Let's talk about healthcare assistance. And these are just general topics that I have seen in the research. Mm -hmm. um, the experiences of transgender people in the treatment of eating disorders are marked by stigmatization and discriminatory professional approaches. So mm -hmm. when we even go get treatment for our eating disorders, we have to deal with <laughs> we have to deal yeah. with discriminatory practices, policies, all these things in the structure of the healthcare system as yeah. trans people. So we all know that if there's some kind of barriers, we know this with reproductive justice. We know this with getting assistance with food stamps. We know with y'all don't know how many barriers and bullshit I had to go through when I got custody of my brother. And oh my I was goodness. 20, 20 yeah, 21, I can't and I was a trans woman who didn't actually birth my brother. And the bitches was at the fucking um, the food stamp office being really fucking extra, just sending me through hoops and hoops and hoops and hoops, extra hoops, being late, misgendering me, all this kind of shit. While we just need some fucking food after I just got fired for being trans, <laughs> honey. So it is barriers yeah. that actually affects us specifically. Um, also, there's not enough research. That's first of all, there's not enough research about the barriers to nutritional care for trans people, period. Mm -hmm. It's not enough mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. um, we need to know more about the role of nutrition and how it affects our care and our transitions. That's why Mia is bringing this up. That's why she thought it was an important topic. And I thought it was an important topic too, because our care includes nutrition, not yeah. just um, not just hormones and yeah. surgeries. I know we kind of yeah. focus on hormone and surgeries because that kind of alleviate that dysphoria, but nutrition is important to our bodies as well. Tied to the economic barriers and how uh -huh. that plays out, like where I live now in Seattle, I can walk around in ways that I couldn't before where I was living because it wasn't safe to do so. And I was broke, right? So it's like, you know, environment too, in terms of options of things. Like I have to have a hernia, so I can't do push-ups. I can't do certain things. Like the best thing for me to do is just walk. And I'm grateful that I live in an area where it's safe enough for me to do so. Like mm. that, that matters as well too. Like that's another, you know, another thing that ties into that, you know? Um, yeah. And as a hood hippie, you have to be in a network of other folks in the hood that we're trying to like eat right because we have to go out of the food desert to get certain things or go to this person's house to, you know, you have to be in a network of people to try to stay healthy 
to fight these systems trying to uh, put us down and kill us, right. you know? Um, but also fiber, soluble fiber. Learned about that recently, and it's been bomb. The yeah, black you beans, need a, you need a mix all that kind of stuff. You have to have that to 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 um to uh, especially with cholesterol, and it actually came up because of the testosterone, right? So you have a higher chance of getting you you have a higher incidence of uh, higher chance of having higher cholesterol with more testosterone in your body. And so the doctor was That's like, "You're eating." Yeah, like so I was eating well, but I wasn't eating enough soluble fiber to move out bad cholesterol because soluble fiber actually helps get the cholesterol out your system. Yeah. And so that really changed the game. And since I've since I've done that, that was almost a year ago, my numbers have been great. You know what I mean? Because they were like, oh, you eat salads, cute. You eat that, cute. So all that sounds very healthy, but soluble fiber. <laughs> the di- diet the dietitian was like no shame. So, you know, and, and she got me together and that really, you know, changed the game. And I'm also gluten free. So there's certain things I can't eat, but like uh, black beans, uh, sweet potatoes, jams, red potatoes, um, you know, buck, they say buckwheat and some other things, but, soli- but specifically soluble fiber to really move that bad cholesterol out. Uh, of your system because you can run into some issues. You know, we already got a higher insulin. You'll have a higher red blood cell count with testosterone too. You know, a lot of us smoke and, you know, because we stressed, right? And and that leads to, you know, more issues as well. But but yeah, anyway, I preached the gospel That's of soluble true. fiber since then. I'm like, hey, so by the way, soluble fiber, <laughs> yeah, and that's why Mia Mia gave us that list of fibers mm-hmm. that you need a mixture of soluble and insoluble fibers. These mm-hmm. are the things, and you there's pills. Statistically, anybody, most people listening to this, you are under fibering your motherfucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you are not taking in and enough. You gotta fiber. drink enough water. Water and fiber it added to your there. There's there's fiber pills. I know. You know, if you, this is you know, this is folks who um, who who bought them, baby. I we, feel like we, I know where this is going. <laughs> the folks, the folks who bought them, baby. We've been on the team. I was gonna say, so that. Take oh, it, yeah, that. Take it, taking pills to you know make sure we're cleared out, baby. That's you know that's a strategy. <laughs> and so, so you know, make sure you are on that regimen of keeping that fiber in your um in your body because that is important. And of course, water. Let me add this. Of course, another thing: the messaging around fitness is really rooted in cis heteronormativity. Like the messaging around fitness and um, fruit and nu- I mean food and nutrition mm-hmm. is really, really, really cisgender based. <laughs> it's it's really split. When you go try to get some multivitamins, it says men's multivitamins, women's oh, multivitamins. We got binary vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, everything is binary. Um, and so, but if you look at the ingredients, you like this shit looked exactly the same. Mm, be like this much <laughs> extra of one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, uh, and that's if that, because sometimes you see some big differences. But there's some shit you look yeah. at the label, you like this shit is exactly the same. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. here, <laughs> you know. And so, make sure that's another <laughs> thing that that the new um, that the health administration and nutrition people. They because you know we live in a cisgender world, they have inadequate research and inadequate um um education 
around us and what we need on a nutritional, excuse me, on a nutritional level. And Which, so, Diamond, doesn't that mean putting this, if I'm not mistaken, in the senses? Um, that can be a part of it. That could be a part of it. But since it's usually affects government funding, you're going to say how much government funding we get. They don't really affect. Um, it might affect the research that the um, government run health institutions could do. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. That's that perfect. Yeah. That could be it, too. You know, we have to interact with the state more disproportionately for services, for benefits, you know. Oh, that's a, that's a good point, too. That's on a federal level. We I usually mean, don't stamps, all that. engage on a federal level. It's usually on a state level that we're engaging with them to get this kind of care. So that wouldn't, okay. it matters a little bit, but yeah. It's tied to federal money, though, you know? like Yeah. What would you about to say, Mia? No, I just, because I, I, I was listening to everybody's points and I was picking up little things I wanted to add to it. So I wanted to add to, um, to your point, Diamond, um, like um, with eating habits, you were talking about mm. eating habits, like uh, habits when you're depressed, um, um, starving mm. yourself um, or, or, or overeating. I also, uh, I was overeating when I, before surgery so I could gain weight. I didn't realize that after surgery, I was still overeating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I had to, I had to realize um, that I had to change my, the, the way I ate also. And now I'm still working on that. I'm like a lot. Still working on that. Um, I also picked up something else from both of you. Um, as far as our levels, you, mm. Diamond, you were talking about knowing, uh, you're talking about vitamin D, which really affects trans women. If I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if it affects um, trans men, but I know that my mm. vitamin D levels were really low because I, first of all, I don't be in the sun like that. Um, I don't, I don't play a lot of sports. Or I just don't be in the sun unless I'm exercising or I'm at the pool. Um, and then also I was on um, black, uh, black market hormones. And so from what my doctor said was that it, it played some part in my uh, levels being um, wrong. And okay. then LJ, you were saying um, something about the cholesterol as far as mm -hmm. um, testosterone yeah. um, and making it more higher. Um, yeah. You have to be more, um, you have to, you know, just be more conscious about it. Yeah. Right. And so in all totality, what we we really want, um, especially if you're a trans person or or if you're somebody that's starting hormone replacement therapy, know your levels. See an endocrinologist because you're not going to know this unless you uh, see an endocrinologist. You're not going to know where you're at. And for so long, my vitamin yeah. D level was low and it affects my bones now. So if I would have caught it in the beginning mm. and seen the endocrinologist, I, it probably wouldn't affect me. Now that I'm older, I'm dealing with it. But I just wanted to let people know that that is so important to see endocrinologists go to free clinics go to free mm -hmm. clinics to see what they can offer you in regard to sliding scale in regards to, they get funding to pay for your shit for free so go mm -hmm. to the free clinics to see what kind of programs they got for people with, with low income because i know uh, when we mm -hmm. when we talk about going to these specialists your first mindset is like bitch i ain't got insurance or um bitch i ain't got this i ain't got that but go to these free clinics that get right. government funding because they might have some programs for you that are paid for. Go, I'm here in Houston. We got, what is it? The gold card? Legacy. 
legacy that's the that would that's where it at but we also got this little gold card thing that you can apply for mm. and, and have low income that can that is like insurance that the state oh, pays yeah. for so um wow. so don't think that because you don't have insurance that there's not programs out here that can still help you that still helps low income people Absolutely. and so um make sure but you gotta go ask you can't just be sitting at home assuming that there's no programs out here you have to literally go ask yeah you um, have to do the work and uh, yeah. well, what I was talking about with Legacy Diamond, there's mm -hmm. a program within the clinic that they'll send you to. So you yeah. never know what your clinic may have. Ask. Yeah, just ask. Mm -hmm. um, and it's good that you say that because uh, food is often used as a strategy for seeking comfort for us. Like it, it we because of all this shit that we that we're up against. Yeah. Food is one of them things that um, you know we can we can build a problematic relationship with because. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's comforting, bitch, I like to eat. And if I'm getting called faggots and she mails and shims all day, sometimes I might go and eat three pieces of cake <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm feeling some kind of way because this cake is not calling me no late names. So right. I'm I am feeling good and it's making me feel good. So I'm sitting at home, you know, and this is giving me a boost of serotonin just by me eating this fucking pine ice cream so we can be fucking susceptible to um you know negative relationships with food and yeah. so it's really really important that we are conscious of these kind of decisions that we are making about our nutrition um and mm. conscious of what we think about and, and it's not about weight loss and being small it's about eating good eating good, and being healthy eating and eating healthy food you yeah. can be as big as you want to be but what what you put in your body choose stuff that's giving you the vitamins choose stuff that's giving you um all the nutrients that you need focus on that don't focus on oh do i need to be vegan do i need to be this mm. kind of stuff no 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 don't focus on that focus you on know. what <clears throat> what foods are you putting in your body that's giving you the nutrition that you need don't work it mm. don't worry about what weight you are don't worry about none of that just you know, eat, eat what you, what's good for you. Less yeah. sugar. And move, move your and body. Yeah. I also oh. want to say like, to your point about <coughs> nutrition, like I know that I struggle with like stress related, not eating, being, mm -hmm. you know, related to Ooh. food insecurity in the past, trauma in the past around food insecurity, yes. trauma in the past around having enough money for, am I going to pay for this to get, you know, I've lived day to day, you know, and, uh, moment to moment what i do now is going to dictate what i eat later you know um mm -hmm. and you know struggle with that but also i will say like getting this insight about the fiber you know when i've and, and just more nutrition information when i've been in situations where i've had that kind of stress since then you know i've been able to make smarter decisions cheaper decisions and still get the nutrition that i need you know what I'm saying? So like it really, it really changed the game. And also just like, like I said, kind of being, you know, being in the hood hippie kind of community with folks, just like we all in the hood, we don't have access to this stuff and we doing our best to fight against it. So it's like, if I'm broke, I know I can have some peanut butter. I know I can have certain things that are just going to be, that are going to have that soluble fiber that are in it. And also when you're not eating, you get stressed out. Also right. when you don't have fiber, this is what the dietitian was telling me. She was like, you eating, you hungry. Because yeah. the fire is the fiber that makes you feel full. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Two. So like you, you be eating burger, fries, this, that, salads. But if you don't have any fiber, <laughs> you still gonna be hungry. Yeah, that's and, so and you're not moving out the 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 uh the cholesterol. But anyway, I'm just saying that like you know, like you're talking about overeating, but also just like that stress and like under eating, under eating because it's like. And I, you know, I've been in moments where it's like I'm trying to figure out when I, how I'm going to eat, what I'm going to spend money on, but I'm stressed, and it becomes it just becomes everything piles on top of each other. Next thing you know, you're hungry and it's night, and you done lost the whole day uh, or a hundred pounds, uh, right? And then, <laughs> and then what I end up eating is oftentimes it'd be some bullshit, right? Because the whole day has gone by, and you just need to eat something, and then you yeah. eat a little bit, and most of the time you don't eat all of it because your body, your mind is all messed up. So, but anyway, but that fiber though, you know prunes, uh, popcorn, peanut butter. I keep that stuff on hand. Oatmeal. I keep that stuff on hand always because if it's I'm broke, that's some food, that's soluble fiber um, mixed with some other things. You can make that work. There's just certain things that I just like staple standards. It just changed the game too because you can be broke and still kind of be like healthy-ish. You can still be healthy. Right. Yeah. And then, and and I'm glad you pointed that out because the world is fat phobic. So we, yep. we, we kind of seem to always remind fat people that, oh, you're overweight and da-da-da-da. But skinny don't mean healthy. And right. And fat people don't be eating true. either. Big yeah. people don't be eating too. Like, and be dealing with the same stuff. So you don't exactly. know that's somebody's size. y'all, like, to, to your point, Diamond, even not Absolutely. even being skinny, even just looking regular, just because they look like they, they're healthy doesn't mean they are. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. make so it, because I, I said that because, you know, we like to remind people you fat and unhealthy, you fat and unhealthy, you like fat. But somebody skinny would not be getting that messaging. They would not mm-hmm. be getting unhealthy, 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 unhealthy. And they literally are living <laughs> nutritionally unhealthy. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I think for some I think, I think for some wi- I think for some women, especially like folks who are women in the world, like. If you real skinny, people pick on you down. They will pick you down because you're not you're not presenting because because of the heterosexist patriarchy, you're not looking as desirable. You're a woman that don't don't look available to men. If they feel like you're not available to men in some kind of way, you don't fuck people mess with you. And then especially if you like skinny, you'd be like, oh, you got chicken legs. You know, people get they get it bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, If you really skinny, yeah, I've seen it. If you anorexic. If I mean, you look at anorexic, but it's not, I'm not saying that skinny people don't get um any type of mm-hmm. you know pushback yeah. in regards to being skinny, but yeah. it's definitely not on the level of a fat person. No, no, no. Not at all. I think not on the no. system, not on the same systemic level, but I think on a in the uh, social level in the community, oftentimes people can get a lot of a lot of stuff in interactions. It just depends on the community. But yeah, it's that, not never, it's not as prevalent though. Yeah, unless you look where they can see your bones and your ribs, unless you look like that, where it's obvious, like, oh, you anorexic girl. Some people just just like that, though. Just a normal slim. I'm not not talking about looking at correct. Normal slim. They're not getting the same messages about um, unhealthiness. Yes. Are they getting messages that saying you might need a BBL girl because you ain't got enough ass? You might might. Are they getting those messages? Absolutely. But a regular slim girl is not getting mm. messages about them being unhealthy mm. unless it's like an anorexic slim. But, yeah, I mean, it's folks. It's just that's what I meant. Like it's people a, assume they're anorexic or assume they have a health problem. 
or or something when they don't they just skinny or they got some kind of condition it's people out here that's just like skinny mm-hmm. but that ain't everybody you know what i mean like i can see your bones it's kind of, you know but i hear what you're saying though if you like i know what you mean though but yeah, skinny doesn't always mean unhealthy also sometimes that's, yeah that's what yeah. we mean so yeah I just think that the messaging is different. Um, yeah. And so um, uh, yeah, it, it makes us it more is. accessible to it. Because mm-hmm. like you think about society, the, uh, a, a plus size woman is going to be more ostracized than a, a smaller frame woman or skinny mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. Like as far as desirability. Yeah, you can put, I, I, I see pushes for skinny girls to be thicker. Yeah. Mm. I hear that kind of conversation. Oh, you need to put some meat on your bones. I hear mm. that. But I never hear somebody talking to a regular skinny girl in a way that, oh, you look unhealthy. I just don't see that. Mm-hmm. Unless she is like, I'm not talking about anorexic skinny where you can see their ribs, that kind yeah. of skinny. Yes, we hear you like, yeah. girl, what's going on? But I'm talking about just a regular body person that's not thick. I mm. do not hear them getting the unhealthy push. I get them mm. the you need to be thick push, but I don't right. I don't I don't get the not you are unhealthy. Health. Right. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's what I mean. I got you. They're just like, I want you to have more booty so you can be yeah to me. To me, yeah. Which is more <laughs> than uh, talking about your health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's I a different. That's it. a different conversation. I get it. Um, yeah. but yeah, because I've seen um, small women with nice shapes, and they don't. Nobody, nobody talks about them being. Skinny. Are you eating right? What are you eating? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. says that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. also, when you're when you have a nice shape and you plus size, you don't really get that much drama either. You get drama, but if you if it's proportion right, it seems like you get. If a it's lot a of figure life. eight. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. both ways. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, tell us what y'all think. Um, what are your what what have you learned about your nutrition as you transitioned? Mm-hmm. Um. What kind of um, messaging, what kind of things have you been susceptible to? Like, have you seen some of these things that we've talked about? And, you know, going forward, how are you going to kind of make that kind of adjustment? Or, you know, what have you done in in your past? If you've been, you know, like me and your transition for a little bit long time, you know, a seasoned trans girls and boys and (laughs) siblings. If you season, what have you done throughout your transition um, to, you know, get your nutrition in check? Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Don't wait too late. So I wanted to let y'all listen to this um, conversation that I had. Okay. And then y'all tell me what you think. Hey, Diamond. So I have a question and I really, I, I mean, maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's a statement. I don't know. But I'm not trying to take away from the um, LGBTQ community at all. If anything, I'm someone who fully understands and respects people in that community. But what I, okay, so hear me out. So what I'm trying to say is I feel like why do trans people have to announce themselves and say trans this? Because I feel like if you're a woman, you're a woman. If you're a man, you're a man. I don't feel like people who are trans have to continuously announce themselves and say, hey, I'm trans, you know, man, I'm trans woman. No, you're a woman. You're a man. Why do I feel like I need to keep telling you all the transitions that I've been through in my life? I feel like respect me for who I am and keep it pushing. Like, 
but that's just me because but what's important is who you are now and if you're a trans mm -hmm. woman you're a woman to me period if you're a trans man you're a man to me i don't have to for me i don't even want to say trans but that's just me because i respect you know the people or is it wrong for me to think that way i've been through things in my life and i don't have to sit back and tell you every pedigree that I've been through. And I don't feel like it's fair to people of that community to have to tell you basic ass motherfuckers and not like you, but you know what I'm saying in general, oh, I went through X, Y, and Z and I'm this, this, and this because it's already a stigma and an idea of like how you are, how, you know, you are what you do, whatever. So like, I really don't like you already coming at me with like your ideas of me already. I don't even give a, like, I don't care to, entertain that so that's why i feel like trans people need to just be like no i'm a woman and that's that and if you want to know anything else or we decide to you know do whatever we, we need to do that's my business but that's how i feel diamond <laughs> i just want your input so okay so that was a message that i got and this is a i feel like this is a trans order one but and i answered it on instagram but I I wanted to hear y'all opinion about this as well. Now, of course, we hear her. She's kind of stumbling her with her words, trying to really trying to say the right thing. She's not. She's, she's trying not, to be respectful. She's trying to be respectful, and she is. She to me, she doesn't say anything disrespectful. Um, but she's just trying to work out her process and her thought process in understanding something. And so, one thing that I want to point out before we um go into um your opinions about what she asked me we can tell as trans people when you are trying to be educated where you are trying mm -hmm. to ask a question that you don't understand why i wanted y'all to listen to her mm -hmm. ask the question was because based on what she is saying and how she is saying we can tell from our ears are there are social cues that this person is not meaning to be harmful they are they are trying to learn they are from they're talking from a position of i want to understand this we are very conscious of when somebody is trying to learn and trying to um be respectful of us so don't always be scared to ask a question to somebody who 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 has opened themselves up to be asked questions i want to make that very clear um i as an activist and a content creator, podcaster, blah, 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 blah. I have opened myself up in on certain spaces to be asked questions. Mm -hmm. So everybody is not, that, that don't mean some random trans person is open to asking your fucking questions. Let me say that. Right. But <laughs> but if, if right. a person has opened themselves up to that kind of question, most of us are going to not be sensitive. So when you hear people talk about, oh, trans people are just so sensitive. If we're sensitive, it's because it's a motherfucker who's fucking disrespectful. It's about, it's it's not somebody who is coming to us. In, this is a private conversation. This is not in public. She didn't send this to me. You know, she didn't ask this to me in front of 20, 30 fucking 100 people. She sent this, a personal message to me to understand. So we, it's not that we're sensitive. It's just that how you say things, we can tell when it's fucking shady and we can tell when you're a transphobe asking a question <laughs> and when you're somebody who actually cares. We can tell by the language that you use. We can tell by the care 
that you uh, that you're stumbling through your words. We can tell that you care about what you're talking about, even if you're stumbling through it. We can tell it. We're not too sensitive to not understand that you're coming in it with a lack of education, but you're coming in it trying to understand. We can tell when that is that when that is happening, and we all can also can tell when you fucking being shady. So I wanted to put that out there. No shade. <clears throat> So this person is not being shady at all. Right. right. I, also, I, I appreciate you that you handled that with care, too, because I do think there is an element uh, for some folks within the community, particularly younger folks with a certain level of education capital to be like, oh, I'm not answering. How dare you ask me a question? As a, you know, even if it was cool, even if there was. Even when it's cool, you know, and folks don't know the language. So I appreciate that. Also, you're just like, listen, like you, we do know when people in your, how you approach the situation with the social cues, not everybody's going to be open to that. Um, even if they put themselves open to it, but I definitely have seen folks be like, you know, Google, 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 even in the situation where it still was kind of open. So I just want to name that because that, that weaponizing stuff, creates conditions where folks sometimes don't feel comfortable asking questions because people have had interactions like that or seen people with interactions like that. And usually it involves a university, a nonprofit or white people. Mm. Amen. So I just want to <laughs> just, just na yeah. name that too, you know, that's true. It's, 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 it, this is, it's a com it's not complicated. It's, it's, the, I, I just want it to be very clear because I, I, I know I see these kind of, little slide little slick comments about the sensitivity of trans people mm -hmm. and um no everybody is not in the space or have the capacity to educate you on these one-on-one -on -one levels everybody even myself yes i'm open to my inbox is open but i might not respond to your inbox that day mm -hmm. because i don't have the capacity for this conversation mm -hmm. but i might eventually do <laughs> mm -hmm. I might eventually when I have when I feel in the mood to talk about this particular subject. Um, one of the reasons why I created March Display is that there can be a passive catalog of conversations that we have about various subjects. And so instead of us, that's why I tell everybody, yo, go listen to it from the beginning. If you started this month, go back and listen to it from the beginning. I'm pretty sure in this four years we've talked about something in with nuance in <laughs> in our history of shows go take the time and listen to them and so this is a passive way for you to learn <laughs> about us without bias for us crime. too right yeah and it's by us and for us because oftentimes that that conflict is not by us for us but it can definitely get a little weird but yes i love it all right so my question is love it love it why do you feel or not feel, if, do you feel um, it's important to tell people you're trans? I really want to hear Mia's opinion because this bitch will tell us she's trans in a hot second, baby. <laughs> so, so I want to know your opinion on the question she is asking. Okay. Um, so I, I took some notes while you were, while you were uh, playing her, her audio. First of all, I, I think that is beautiful to hear from a cis woman, a cis head. Well, I don't know how is she's heterosexual, but it sounds like a cis woman. I think she's a lesbian. Um, oh, I, I, okay. So she's more, she's in the community. Of course she understands. Uh, uh, I, not I, of course, child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 
I be getting gagged. There was a trans man that I thought was my brother on the, on the social platform that was not. And I had gagged at that. I was like, I was like, brother, go ahead. Because they were treating us different. They were antagonizing me, but they were letting, giving him space to talk. And so I would say the same thing and people would re- wear, the straights would wear me out. But when he would say it, they would sit down and listen and be like, oh my gosh, this is the most, I've been in the form by a trans person ever. <laughs> Enlightening. Yup, yeah, this is the trans women that are a radical. And so I, I, I gagged because I was like, damn, I thought this was my brother. And when he got to talking, he he was putting down trans women saying that, um, that you came to this mm. place to free mm. up, uh, free up, um, to have babies and, and that what? straight men who are with, uh, trans women, um, y'all are doing the black <laughs> all types of shit. I was like, what the fuck? So you're right, Dominic. Um, but anyways, back to, back to what I was oh. saying. So, um, <laughs> wow. I believe there are social consequences that heterosexuals have made for trans individuals in society when they don't tell their transness. And, and so I think there are some trans people who are open with them being trans or may even think that's what they're supposed to do in heterosexual spaces in order to be accepted because there's this misconception and myth that all of us are trying to trick and deceive and we're just these these Mm. deception demons uh trying to to trick the street people out their place in this world and and i think i can only speak for myself i know that every social situation i don't tell my tea like there's sometimes where i just want to i just want to chill there's sometimes where i need to make my presence known because y'all 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 think that i'm a cis woman and y'all giving me all this all these extra stuff but i'm listening to how y'all talk about gay men and gay and gay women and and stuff so now i need to let y'all know that y'all actually actually have a trans person in your presence and now i need to gag you and and, and 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 give you some education about your ignorance. And but that's how I feel because I feel like me taking up space is a way of advocating sometimes. And, but I, but I'm also very, very let me let me make this very clear. I because I've been a trans woman since for so long, I am very, very careful on social cues and who I tell my transness to. I'm paying, I'm very, I pay attention to my surroundings, um, the, the people that I'm telling this to. Whenever I tell my transness, I think that it's a safe space. I don't tell my transness when I think it's a, a, a not a safe space. Never, even in public. And straight people want you to be like, as soon as a man approaches you, you should tell them you're, you're trans. And there's been bitches who gotten their hair blown off for telling a nigga they was trans up front. Right. Now, I don't know that perspective with trans men, LJ. I would really like to know if you have some some um, experience with, you know, the, um, not telling your tea and how that worked out or telling your tea or whatever. But I know it for trans women, we have got, we get wore out. Even, even if we do spill our tea up front, as soon as a man knows. And so... Um, 
I think that some people feel like I have to in order to be in this space to be respectful. But then some people are proud about it. Like I'm sometimes I'm proud. I'm like, okay, I'm a trans woman. This is a safe space. Yeah. And because I, the reason also why is because I, I was also transphobic. I had internalized transphobia in the beginning of my transition. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that in order to be a trans woman, if you want to be a real woman, you need to get a pussy. And if you if you if you out here with a dick between your legs and titties on your on your chest and you ain't going the whole way, then you're not serious about it. That's how I felt about it in the beginning of my transition. But as I've gotten older and started to love myself for who I am and in all aspects, whether or not I have a sex change or not, I know that a sex change doesn't make you more of a a woman than the next person because it's just the operation to make you feel more comfortable within your transness depending on your dysphoria and so um i know i agree with her we should we should be able to go wherever we want and say yes i'm a woman yes i'm a man but there are so many straight people who feel like as soon as they meet us we need to tell them that we're trans and that's why a lot of people a lot of trans people i think say up front, okay, I'm trans, or they want to take up space because they think that we're not there. You never know whose who's perception you could be changing. I changed a transphobe, a, a homophobic person's whole mind frame because I didn't tell them that I was trans the whole entire time while I was in school. And then when I told them I was trans, they gagged. And then the next time I seen them, they had a stud as a best friend. And they told me they were transphobic and homophobic before they met me. And I changed their whole perspective on that. And that really did something to me because I was like, dang, me, me living in my truth may have helped some part of society. But that's that's my that's that's my mind. That's my thought process. Uh I think it's situational. Uh like Mia, like it's situation like safety first. That's my thing. It's safety first. Um I think it is important for visibility purposes. I do think that's important, but I also think everyone should have the prerogative and the agency to announce or what, you know, it's a, it's an individual. I think that's an individual situation. Everybody should have agency to do what feels comfortable for them and use the language that they feel comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's situational in my personal experience, like, you know, again, like most of my life until the last 11 years, not even 11 years, probably the last like seven, for the most part, I've been like a visibly queer person, visibly, visibly, visibly queer. And the biggest adjustment personally has been not being a visibly queer person. And that has forced me or maybe, you know, have me reevaluate like when to come out um, in this, like in this conversation, like when is it important and you know, safety first. Like I used to work in, L- I mostly work in LGBT advocacy. So I've been lucky because that's been my shit before I transitioned. That that was my professional pathway or, or whatever. So I was in a industry where you could be out at work. You know what I mean? Um, and then socially, it gets a little weird with queer people who are not trans, you know, um, but I don't know. Like, should you have to, you know, I think it's, I don't think anybody should have to do anything, but I do think visibility is important. 
Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, visibility is important. And we all have a we all have a role to play. Not everybody has to be out. Not everybody has to come out and announce that they are a trans woman, a trans man, um, um, or even non-binary. It might be cis assumed. I mean, like, I'm often cis assumed, right? And it's in it and it and it doesn't necessarily feel good personally. But you know, I'm in I'm in a situation that makes me feel comfortable around my dysphoria, even though it doesn't necessarily align with people's perceptions of my gender identity based on what they see. Mm. You know, and it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think it just really depends on the situation, basically, with safety being the first and foremost thing in mind in any situation. So those are those are my thoughts, general thoughts. So I've already given my thoughts on Instagram. I answered this question <laughs> specifically in a video. So I'm not going to give my thoughts in uh, about what I feel about her response. I've already done that. If you want to hear it, go on Instagram, follow us. <laughs> um, follow us and like the video, comment there. But I do want to point out that statistically, what we know based on research, people who know trans people, People who know them or have met one, have been, they have gone to school with them. They have um, had had some type of meaningful in- engagement with a trans person. Statistically, they have more positive views of trans people. Yeah. It is the people who don't know us at all that have no idea who we are and they have to make up narratives or listen to rhetoric about our lives that can be negative. And so it can build up this whole image about us that is just literally not true. And what happens is when you actually meet a trans person, when you actually um, find out or you know one exists in your community, it's almost like it almost opens up their humanity to your imagination. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Sometimes, of course, like all three of us have said, safety first. <laughs> there are some moments where I do not feel fucking safe, so I'm not telling my tea. And that's a lot of moments. Cause and when I say safe, I'm not just talking about killing, murder, stab, shoot, da 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 violence. I'm talking about I want to go in this restaurant and eat my food without any drama. I don't want any awkwardness. I just want to eat. So I'm not about to go in. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not the person we, we laughed about, me and Mia laughed about this before. I'm not the person that's going to come and have a shirt that usually, now I do own shirts. <laughs> I do own shirts that say certain things, but usually I'm not going to pick those things that says trans power, uh, black trans lives matter. I do have a shirt that says that, but I'm not going <laughs> to choose to wear it all the time. I'm going to be very strategic about when I put that on because I enjoy my peace and my ability to blend in with society gives me a certain level of peace. It gives me a certain level of um, I can go to Kroger today, went to Kroger, no issues at all. <laughs> just just went and blended. I had no issues. Now, I don't know who if somebody could have clocked me, but it wasn't no issues. <laughs> but I just kind of went and and that part of my life is a part of my life that brings me joy. I mm-hmm. like to be able to navigate the world without the issues. I like to have the choice to say, 
actually I'm trans and da 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 in a moment that is strategic and you need to know I'm here. I've been in I've been on the on the bus when I was years ago where um I'm headed to work and I'm already on the bus and my trans friend uh at the time I consider at the time I wouldn't have considered her a friend because we didn't we we knew of each other but we weren't um friends. Um I consider her a friend now. But at the time of this story I didn't I didn't know her like that. I knew of her because I seen her in community because she's a trans girl. But we we never talked. We never did anything. I just knew her. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to work. She was going to work. And I was already on the bus. And when she got and nobody clocked me because, you know, I feel like I'm relatively passable. And so nobody clocked me. I'm just sitting there chilling. But she gets on the bus and she's not. And so they started acting up like they started being stupid the niggas in the back of the bus i was kind of like in the back middle mm. and the niggas on the bus is ah oh, that's a man and da 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 ah oh, shit ah oh, this fucking faggot ass shit and that uh, some of them, one of them is one of them is drunk the other one is not the other th couple of them is not they're just kind of one of them is just being a jokester like ah oh, these shit, whatever y'all know how that goes they're just being assholes mm. um and the one that was being a jokester was literally sitting next to me five minutes before trying to holler at me and get me my number and get my number. And so now he didn't know I was trans, He, but he's trying to holler at me, blah, 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 blah. And so in that moment, I felt like telling my teeth just to wear them out because they were back because it led to the conversation of in their conversation, in their transphobic conversation was. Oh, you can always tell. You can look at their shoulders. Look at them big ass feet. Like they literally was ridiculing her. Reading. In that kind of way. And um, and for whatever reason, I was young. I think I was like 20. And for whatever reason, I decide I'm going to spill my tea right now. Because you motherfuckers don't know what you was talking about. You just mm -hmm. was trying to holler at me. So you talk right. about you can always tell. You couldn't tell. Right. Cause you just tried to holler at me and she ain't doing shit to you. Right. She going to work just like you do. She ain't That's even it. back here. Like That's she, it. I know she literally chose that seat up front to not be back here with y'all motherfucking clowns. Right. I know that's why she's sitting up. You think she, she don't hear you. You don't think she don't hear you saying these disrespectful things to her. Get the fuck out of here. Like you niggas, you are drunk. You look dusty and dirty. You. <laughs> you probably don't got no job. <laughs> and in that moment, I had some courage. In that moment, mm -hmm. I, I, I mm -hmm. felt, I I, I, I want to say I felt safe because you don't know if they would have popped off. But like I said, I had some courage and I was not in the mood <laughs> to, right. sit, to sit there and just be submissive to it. Like, just sit but there. But do you and be feel like, like that's late, Diamond? Like, if you in a situation and you passing and another girl isn't, and you see she getting red and you pay it, is that late? No. It's not what? late. I don't okay. think it's... I don't know. I, it, it does feel weird when you know. I get it. It's Like we just said, safety first. You don't know what could this turn. Honey, they could have opened up and been trying to read and fight me no for going off. You can say it could lead to some violence. So I can't be mad at a girl um for um you know 
not getting involved. I can't. No, I don't think it's late. Um, what I think is late is if, if you are in a safe space and you don't talk up for it. Like if you a stealth girl and this is my thing. If you are a stealth girl and you pass it so much, you could be that cisgender ally that says, honey, y'all talking about trans people and y'all don't make sense. Like you, like you could say something because if you so passable, bitch, <laughs> you they can just assume you a cis ally. So say something. Why are you choosing not to say something? If y'all at work or if y'all, you get what I'm saying? If you in a safe place where it might not pop off in no violence, why are you not saying something? That's when it gets kind of weird to me. Like if you're in a place where you, where you can actually rebuttal uh, and, and, and even in a professional way, like uh, that kind of doesn't make sense that da da da, whatever, you don't have to get all bucking violent, but I feel like if you don't, if you have the option to be able to kind of push back on some of the transphobic or homophobic rhetoric that you hear in your day to day, day life, why don't you do it? Like, why are you not doing it? Now, there are situations where this could be dangerous for me, and I don't get mad at people making the decision that's safer. Um, so it's hard for me to say that it's, it's whack and late and horrible. But um, but I do think it's kind of corny if you're sitting around your um, um, your lunch lounge at the at the teachers the teachers lunch lounge and somebody being transphobic and you trans and you letting them just talk shit. Mm. I think that's weird. I think that, um, you know, it's different in an unsafe space. But if you, this is like a safe space where people, you probably know they're not going to pop off. Why you not going? And you pass. Why don't you just say, oh, I'm a cis ally. I got a cousin that's, that's trans. Something. <laughs> that don't make sense. That's not how that works. What are you talking about? That don't make sense. You get what I'm saying? Why don't you do that? And so, I don't know. I can't judge them, but I do feel it's kind of whack. <laughs> Just sit there yeah. and let them talk shit. I think it's kind of wacky if you are part of the LBG community, a community, and you're educated because we all aren't. No. But if you're educated and you pay it, that's late too. Because yeah, a lot I of people that are, yes, a lot of people that are cool to like get that social uh, appraisal for going along with them, and you're a part of the community. And then some people will say the pushback would be. I just, sometimes I just don't feel like that in the same way we talk about education. We, you know, educated people. Sometimes yeah. we like, I don't feel like educating people sometimes. And we, and we look at them and be like, you're right. You don't feel like yeah. it. And then there could, there could be some people who like, sometimes I don't feel like that shit. <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have the capacity to battle today. <laughs> but like I have said in the past, if that is your consistent answer, especially if that, if your consistent choice is to not stand up for your community, it's just, it's, I don't care what you say. There's some whackness in you. There's some transphobia. There is some homophobia. Be, especially if you find yourself always having the time, if you, are, if you say you just a cisgender homosexual and you find yourself always having the time to defend homosexuality, but you never have the time to defend trans folks. I'm sorry. That's you're an indicator late. that that you're whack. You know, listen. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I think too. Sometimes, you know, like I said, just like most of my my work, my a lot of my professional work has been in LGBT advocacy and LGBT organizations work on around LGBT people, and people don't call out. You know, I can. You know, I just see the differences around people responding to transphobia within the community. 
spaces versus outside of the community. I just said it's just as like most of the time I'm in the community or whatever, quote unquote. And so the transphobia, the, the lack of response within our community, when it's just LGBT people, that happens a lot more. And, I, and sometimes, you know, the people who wouldn't say who would say something if it was mostly straight people around and there's cis gay people sometimes won't say something when it's just queer uh, other LGBT people. Too, I've seen that as well, which is weird to me. I'm like, what is this? So you'll address this transphobia in this situation, but you're not gonna address it when it's just other queer queer people and it's only a couple trans people. No shame. You know, it's 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 you know, some of us live in that world, and that's it's, it's like, what is this? Yeah. Like if you're around your your people and you know they're ignorant, you know they're gonna be, you know they're gonna call whoever he and they they don't like that gay shit but you know i'm not gonna i don't want you to die take shit you know that's some black ass shit right there you, know what I'm saying? Like, you my cousin i love you you still a boy to me though <laughs> y'all listen i was at a whole thing with, with with this woman i was dating at the time my for a thing with my with, with my family my brother gonna come up to me he called me my old name kept, call, kept calling my old name he was like you know you my sister girl and i'm like what is happening what is happening <laughs> in this moment right now? Exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. Like in those type of sometimes when you in certain social settings, you already know these people ignorant, but you they but they don't mean no harm. They just ignorant. If that mean, they do mean harm. How can I explain it? They the do impact is passive, harmful, but passive, it's not passive harm. Passive harm. Yeah. Right. Diet harm. Life harm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I want to thank uh, this listener for, um, you know, sending us at that question and don't, don't, you didn't offend me at all. Did she, did she, she offend y'all? Oh, y'all know. Yeah. I, you, I, you didn't I, offend. I, but, but like, again, I'm glad that you approached it because I can't think of people or folk, uh, you know, segments in the community of folks who would have like already cut her off. Yeah. You know, and yes. not stay to listen to the whole question. So. Well, yeah. we, we, I appreciate, I know what I do. I know I mm -hmm. open myself up to questions and I'm not, I'm not a person who offended, um, by somebody sensitively as fumbling through a question. I can actually deal with that. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to send me the question and I appreciate you caring about trans people enough to, um, to, you know, want us to be free enough to where we can just be just women and we can just be just men or just be just whatever identity, you know, falls in between or all around or not even on the spectrum, whatever, allowing us to just be. I appreciate that. Um, it's almost sil it's similar to white people saying, I don't see color. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a kind of it's like it's kind of uh it's kind of adjacent to that kind of thinking which we it's not necessarily a problem that you don't it's not a it's, it's a problem that you don't see color but it's a, it's it, we know your intention when white people say i don't see color their intention is mm -hmm. they want to be not racist i want to treat you like i want to treat everybody equal blah 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 like blah, i'm an ally blah. yes but they have to learn through conversation and teaching that we don't, we want you to appreciate and see our color. 
We mm. want you to see our color. We want. Mm. We just don't want our color to affect us negatively. <laughs> right. And we. It's. It's not about um you not seeing our color. We want you to see our color. So it's RT. You knowing we trans. Us announcing we trans. We want you to know we trans. Some of us. <laughs> yes. Right. It's okay. Right. It's okay. We know that some girls and boys and other people don't want. To for you to know that they're trans, that's on them. But sometimes we, diamonds particularly, I want you to know I'm trans, and I want it to be okay that I'm trans, and I want the I want um, my transness to be a part of my identity, just like anything else. And um, if I and and usually the indicator that I want it to be known is that I say it and I announce it. So when I announce it, it's because I want it to be announced and. Um, I want you to know it in that moment. I feel it's appropriate in that moment. So, um, yeah, thank you for answering that question, asking yeah. that question. And yeah, make sure you send us, you know, we don't, I know in our on our social medias, I don't mind um, questions. So if you have questions, let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. The joy in space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me a feeling. All right, y'all. So this is a new segment. This segment is called the Euphoria segment. And I wanted to spend time at the end of every show. No matter how deep we get or how dark we might get, because we know that's kind of, you know, kind of comes with the territory of the topics that we um, talk about. And um, I was watching Euphoria <laughs> and I, I was inspired to write a song and I was like, oh, and then the other day we did a very, very dark ass fucking episode. And I was like, oh, maybe if we have a tool built into the structure of the show to always end on a positive note. And so this is the segment that is the positive note. It is us talking about what is bringing us euphoria as opposed to like gender dysphoria. <laughs> what is bringing us euphoria and making us happy and bringing us joy this week. And yeah, so that's what this segment is about. And I hope you like it. I am going to, y'all just heard the intro song. I am going to put the full yeah. song at the end of the show so y'all can hear the whole song called euphoria inspired by the show and inspired by this segment and yeah so i hope y'all enjoy it jay yes 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 okay tell me what is bringing you euphoria what is bringing you to that place of joy 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 what joy? is bringing me to a place of euphoria um my i have a well one i got to, i got to do karaoke this week hey and i haven't done karaoke basically for the most part since COVID. Like not in a really, you know, like going out kind of way. Um, and I had a great time. And I also wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Are you what? So I'm a one of them people. Okay, so everybody know I, I can sing. Yeah, you can so sing though. I don't like people who can sing doing karaoke. I like karaoke where it's like, like everybody's like sing. super bad. 
Yes. Uh, that's I, 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 like, I like a mix. I like I a mix. I don't like karaoke where I, people can sing. I, I like I think a mix. the point of it is for you to sound like shit. But, <laughs> but more importantly, before I heard about the karaoke, like I have a, I have a couple playlists. One of my play, my favorite playlists is my like affirming jams and staples. It's a very campy playlist. That's been bringing me a lot of euphoria. Like it has like Shirley Bassey, This Is My Life. Hey, Vida, you know, got some Diana Ross, The Boss, all that kind of stuff. Um, some Patty LaBelle and the Bluebirds, you know, more, obviously their version of Over the Rainbow. I got some Dion Warwick, you know, get you some Champagne Soul. And the um, Bluebells. Yes, yes, yep. Um, got some Broadway on there, obviously. Well, not obviously, but obviously for me, because I'm that, I'm that kind of girl. Um, <laughs> and it's just a mix. Some Nancy Wilson. And I just get my life. I put this shit on. And this is like my Fermi Jam staples list for a very long time. And it's and it's and it's and it's funny even with transitioning medically, right? Just like these are still, this is still my list. You know what I'm saying? Like, so so I just get my life and twirl and listen to my music, you know what I'm saying? And it's the best thing. Not in a fighting kind of way of twirling, but in a twirling lightly, delightly, very like, you know, queerly and campy things. Okay. And so yeah, listen, I did I did a kick and I almost went into a dip. In front of one of my friends, they were like, I didn't know you could do that. I used to do it. Um, and that's why I hold up slight trigger warning. My nickname was Faggity Dyke. And that's I got into it, leaned into it. That's just what the fuck it was. I I've always been this person. That's Word. why I'm a gender queer individual. Always been this campy, always been this faggity dyke uh to the day I die. Oh, faggity and, dyke. And got my life. Yep. I live. Yeah. And no more tears, too. The real jam is no more tears. Barbara Barbara Shy and well, really. You know, Donna Summer featuring Barbara Streisand, giving her a little leg up, coming to a little disco era and stuff with the Queen. Um, and I am what I am, Shirley Bassey's person. But yeah, I get down with this list. It's a whole bunch of other stuff on the list, but like those are some of the highlights. Um, and it gets me together. Of course, I got some Sylvester on there, of course, as well. Um, and yeah, I've just been jamming to that this week. I don't know why I said jamming like that. Jamming to that. Um, <laughs> jamming to that. But um, yeah. That was just Jamaican history, history uh, coming I, out. Okay. <laughs> and really, that ain't even Jamaican. That's back on the continent. I'm cousins, my cousin's back over there on the coast. Um, but like, yeah, you know, thing from mahogany, you know, the whole bit. And so just, just, you know, living, living, getting my life. And then went to karaoke. Usually I seen either... I have a couple. I seen "Don't Leave Me This Way" by Thelma Houston. I'll sing. I got like a couple just go tos. You know, I have nothing. Obviously, Nip. I'm gonna throw some Nip because that's my personal diva. That's my angel looking down, homie. And then, um, you know, just can't be stuff. You know, just can't. Be I live. Stuff. But yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was fun to like get out, but also just like even before I knew I was doing karaoke, it was very last minute. It just was like the energy already from listening to my farming jams list and just like, you know, you know, you know, just getting my getting my damn life all week, you know, to be yeah. back. So yeah, that's my euphoria. Um, next week I'm gonna dig more into the situation in Palm Springs where they're looking to create a universal basic income pilot program that will support trans folks, but it's definitely like the money is more so. I'll get into the I'll get into the deets next week, but that's uh what I'll be getting into more next week. Um, but yeah, that's my euphoria karaoke and you know, you know, my family darkness all week, you know, my jams. What about you, Mia? Uh, okay, so my euphoria has been getting my ass up. 
and start working back out and uh, watching my body change again and um, doing self-care, making sure that I'm up to par and everything. But really, my biggest euphoria was really getting back, just jogging, like getting back out into nature, like you wore me out, but I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to, to be back in action. Cause I felt like I was, I was in recovery for years. So that, that's, that's definitely my euphoria this week. Getting back to action, getting back to normal, make sure this body is moving and you know, I'm not having lower back problems. I know that's right. So what's been bringing me euphoria is really the community. The community has been really, really bringing me joy. This past week, I was able to go to the HRC um, fundraising gala. So I'm not uh, a big fan of HRC. They got some anti-trans history. Um, They've been working on it and shifting um, the, um, the nature of the culture (laughs) and they have some, um, kind of racist history, but they have been working on it. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be more in swing with, you know, HRC, but, um, I went to their gala last night and, you know, I got to dress up. I love dressing up. And so um, you can see my outfit if you go on um, Diamond Styles um, Facebook. I put posted um, come on my, outfit my out my my little gown that I wore um, and heels and stuff like that. So you can go see that. But I felt fabulous because you know I don't mind a dress up moment. And so um, I want to thank Pearl Bar, which locally here is the Lesbian Bar, um, and Pearl Bar um, sponsored my. Um, my ticket to go there. Oh, wow. That was, that was really nice of them to do. Um, And so what brought me joy is some of the amazing speakers, but two in particular, Um, Nick Harris. Uh, First of all, before I get to how amazing they are, Nick Harris is fine as hell, (laughs) y'all. Nick Harris is a lesbian. They have a partner. So, you know, don't be trying to slide in their DMs <laughs> before me. <laughs> so Nick Harris is so fine. And while they were doing their speech, they had that whole little face or um on, on the screen. You know how if you had a gala, they got the little monitors where you can see them. And me mm-hmm. at um Aurora Harris, Aurora was um, she's been on our on our episode. Um, a couple of years ago, she's been on the show a couple of years ago. We were sitting next to each other uh, at the table and we were like, God, she's so fine. <laughs> so I want y'all to um, look up um, Nick Harris on um, Instagram. It's N I K Harris, A R, wait, H A R R I S, like, you know, Kamala Harris. <laughs> Nick Harris. Um, and they just gave an amazing speech about trans youth and about the work that has been been going on and, you know, the culture. And it just made me happy um, in regards to how, things that they talk about. And um, it just it just felt good seeing all the people really centering in their conversation, the fight 
for trans people and trans youth and be nuanced about their conversation. It wasn't, you know, just white centered. It was, it was, it was just really, really um, thoughtful and they shared a lot of information. And so um, I loved, I just love seeing it. And then last but not least, I want to talk about Beto O'Rourke. Also, he was at the gala last night and was, and gave a speech. And it was amazing. He was, he made some really, really good points that, you know, I have also made this recently about how the coalition between, I've always talked about, we always kind of work in silos. And when we talk about, um, you know, reproductive justice organizers, when we talk about trans justice organizer, when we talk about voter suppressing justice organizers we all are working towards the same goal and we need to get out of these silos and kind of work together so that we can um you know you know got the same enemy (laughs) we got the same enemy so work together and get out of these silos and so beto o'warwick who is the gov who is running for governor to kick out stanky ass greg abbott i support him i endorse him and he he this speech that he gave really, and I'm sure it will be all over um, um, HRC social media, but the speech that he gave was amazing. It was really, really good. And he made me feel like he deserves my vote. And so that in that moment, it made me feel euphoric. It made me feel happy. I'm like, oh my God, we have some people who are really dedicated towards this fight. They got the conversation that I need to them to have. And, um, and he's just doing an amazing job. And so uh, that's what's been bringing me euphoria, Nick Harris and um, H- at the HRC Galas and um, and Beto O'Rourke um, at the HRC Gala. Yeah. And they are fine. They are fine. Very, 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 very handsome. Uh, very fine. Very handsome. <laughs> I was mm, like, my cup ah. of tea. Yes. I was like, oh. Let me see. And, and crumpets, okay? Tea uh, and crumpets, uh, okay? Uh, I wow. said, Swoon Diamond. Damn. This is cute. Listen, Swoon. <laughs> swoon. Yes. yes. Didn't you see what I wrote? In the, that's why I put in the chat. That's so why cute. I wrote in the chat because I didn't want to go on the air and say, oh my goodness. I didn't want to react on the microphone. Yeah. Nick okay. is fine, baby. They fine. marry. They, they marry, but they, Nick is fine. They fine. They fine. <laughs> okay. With an O. Okay, I love it. Okay, yes, universal. I love. That's why I was making that face, Mia, because I was. I saw they picture. That's why I was like, so okay. So they're they're um they're They're a lesbian. Yeah. Yes. 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 So yeah, we hope y'all like this segment. This Mm -hmm. this makes us happy, and yeah, check us out next week. (laughs) Period. And here's a song. See y'all. Hashtag Marsh Play. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you the feeling. And the high can never come down from whoa, whoa, whoa. It's all on the level It's a peak you wanna climb yeah, yeah. You feel it all 
Baby, I got to have it. Give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joyous space to change the time. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joyous space to change the time. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. Euphoria 